uh, continue with the message that I've been preaching, but in a different angle. I titled this, Covenant People Pray. Covenant People Pray. If you are a covenant person, you need to pray. So we are, we pray. Father, we just thank you for your presence here today. Speak to us from your word. Help us to follow through. So we may receive all the blessings that you've poured down on us from heaven. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says this. If my people, as conditional, if my people who are called by my name. So you're called by the name of the Lord God. If you are a Christian, you are called by the name of Christ. You are his. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, first thing, when you pray, you are humbling yourself before God. And you remember what the Bible says? If you humble yourself before God, he will lift you up. He will promote you. If my people who are called by my name, if they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, God said, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I'll heal their land. Now you're wondering, what land? Well, first, the, the United States of America. The healing for our country depends on you praying. This land will remain sick if you don't pray. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways you see god is not looking to the world he's looking to believers if we will turn from our wicked ways if we will focus on the lord and the lord alone guess what's going to happen the economy will get better politicians can do nothing about it they just talk they can they give you all kinds of solutions we have to depend on god unless the lord builds a house the builders build in vain. So the Lord has to build a house. If my people who are called by my name, they humble themselves and pray, God will heal the land. So God's people ought to pray. Abraham prayed. He built an altar. Genesis chapter 13. The Bible says Abraham was already rich. He was very rich. But he went back to the place where he had built the altar. And there he started calling on the name of the Lord. Women say, Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. He called on the name of God. Even then, as a covenant person in the Old Testament, they knew to pray. He had no need. I mean, everything was going well for Abraham. Except he didn't have a son. But that wasn't why he was calling on God. He knew to pray. God had just blessed him. The people of God need to pray. Everyone is going through something. Everyone sitting here right now. You are going through something. There is a difficulty in your life. There is something that you will want help for. Everyone has that. You may want help for your children. You may want help for your husband. Maybe help for your whole life. Maybe things are not working well between you and God. Maybe there are secret sins in your life and you hate what you're doing and you want to be free. The only place to get help is to go to God himself. And God has promised you help from heaven. He will give you help. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, the Bible says, Let us therefore come boldly into the 
throne of grace. When you come into the presence of God, you come to the throne of grace. That's where you're coming. The throne of grace. Grace means divine favor. That's one definition. But another word means, the, another meaning is enablement. God gives you ability to overcome whatever it is. Come to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. Mercy, that says, as you go around doing, doing your business, things happen. Maybe you get upset, you get mad, you say the wrong word and all of that. And then you forget, you don't even remember to, well, to pray to God for forgiveness. But when you come to God's throne of grace, you automatically obtain mercy. That's why covenant people pray. You ought to pray. You ought to spend some time praying before God. He expects you to do that. That's what covenant people do. You obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So covenant people must pray. We need help. Help. We need grace to help in time of need. We always have need. But when you go to the throne of grace, you will obtain mercy. First, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. You will obtain mercy. And then you will find grace, the enablement to help in that time of your need. Whatever you're going through, God will give you help. You will find grace. He will bring the situation around. He will bring people into your life. People that can help you and are willing to help you. Sometimes you know people that can help, but they are not willing to help. They will be willing to help and they can help. So you find grace to help to meet that need. So that's what covenant people do now. Have you ever received a word of prophecy? Has somebody ever given you a word of prophecy? Has someone uh, given you uh, some word from the Lord? Or have you received a vision from the Lord? Or maybe a dream? See, I believe in prophecies. I believe in visions. I believe in dreams. The Bible tells us this. In the last days, God will pour His Spirit upon all flesh. And He says, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. The young men will see vision. And the old men will dream dreams. So what is all this about? In the last days, God is pouring out His Spirit upon all flesh. And then they begin to prophesy. They can see visions and they dream dreams. What are all this for? Just to prove that I'm a, I'm a Christian? Is that why God is giving prophecy? Prophecy has its place. Why is God giving prophecies? It's just, is it for me to just feel good? Oh, that was nice. Why is God giving us prophecies? I'm glad you asked. Let me read a scripture to you. First Timothy 1, 18 and 19. Paul says, This charge I commit to you, 
I'm committing this charge to you. This is a charge. This is something I want you to do. According, the charge is according to the prophecies previously made concerning your life. Have you received the prophecy? Somebody spoken a word? Or has God spoken to you from the scriptures? And you, you read through the scripture and it burns your heart and you, you feel so good about it. And then you get to church the next day or so and pastor is talking about that same scripture. Why God is speaking to you. He's trying to get your attention. He's giving you a vision. He's giving you a dream. So you latch on to that. He says, I'm giving, I'm giving you this commitment. Uh, Timothy, according to the prophecies previously, made concerning you what do you do with those prophecies that by them these prophecies you may wage a good warfare that's what you do with prophecy by the prophecies that are given to you from the word of God that you read that burns into your heart the words that people speak to you and you hear and it's confirmed maybe they've spoken to you two or three times the same word and you know that this is a word coming from God to you that was given to you not to, for you to feel ooh I felt a goosebump it was really good no he's for you to war with he says that you may wage a good warfare those prophecies were given to you as tools with which to war a good warfare. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Those prophecies are mighty spiritual weapons that will pull strongholds down. That's what the word is saying. Wage a good warfare. Let me give you an example. There is a man that I know whose son, when he was born, they went about doing, he's a minister, they went around doing ministry and all of that. And when they went out, in, in some occasions, people will walk up to him and they'll prophesy over his son. And say, your son is going to be this and this. Your son is going to do this for the Lord and that for the Lord. And then he go to another meeting. Somebody will prophesy about the same thing. And this man's son died. Before the prophecy was fulfilled. His son, older son, called and said, Listen, daddy, <laughs> my brother is dead. Your son. True story. Check it. Andrew Womack. He said, Your, my brother is dead. He's in the mug right now. He's dead. And he heard about it. He got in his car and he said, No, that can't happen. And he started praying and calling out to God. And as they were going, something came into his heart. And he remembered the prophecies that have, been, that have gone out about his son. He said, that was the key. He started telling God, this cannot happen. My son cannot die. These men were men of God. I know them. They couldn't be telling me lies. They gave a word from you. They prophesied over my son that this is what he's going to do. And that's what he's going to do. Now he's dead. He can't be dead. God, what about these prophecies? They are not fulfilled yet. My son cannot die before these prophecies. You are God. You can't lie. How can these prophecies? These were prophecies spoken to him by men. Sometimes we don't realize that in the last days, God will pour his spirit out upon our flesh. And Satan is trying to discourage church and different churches. Don't prophesy, don't speak in tongues, don't do this. He's trying to rob us. 
from everything that God is giving to us. So he went to warfare. And he started pleading with the Lord. He was fighting, doing his battle. God, this cannot happen. How can my son die? Look at all these things that I've written down. They've spoken about his life. And guess what? At that same instant, the boy got up. True story. Got up in the mug. And his son called back. He said, we've been trying to reach you. For a long time, we couldn't get to you. Uh, I don't know what happened. He just sat up. <laughs> sat up. They, they, they had even tagged him, you know, dead. Yes. You know how they tagged their toe? You know? He was already tagged. He stood up. He sat up with, the t- with his toe tagged, you know. But the man went to war. I got to read the scripture again to you. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy. According to the prophecies previously made concerning you that by them you may wage the good notice what he called it the not air the good warfare we are in a good warfare fight the good fight of faith and notice what he said after that having faith and a good conscience we some haven't rejected good conscience now some haven't rejected concerning faith. Concerning the faith, they suffered shipwreck. We'll come into that later. But the big key thing here is to do battle. After this service, I will encourage you to come over, up, come up here. We have our prayer partners. We'll be praying over you. And some, you may receive another tool from God with which to do battle and win. These words that people have spoken over your life that you've gleaned from the scriptures, Peter said, we have a more sure word of prophecy. And he says you would do well if you heed the word. Stay with it. You do well if you pay heed to what is spoken in the word. I like to find patterns in scripture, you know. So you're not just speaking out of isolation and say, well, I've just found this and I'm going to make a doctrine out of it. You have to see from the scripture if this is the way God works. You see, God has his ways. He says, my ways are higher than your ways. I just need to discover his way and I'm fine. Amen. I abandon my way and I look for his way and follow his way and by and by I get to my destination. You know, David was a king, the king of Israel in his time, in Second Samuel. He had built a house of cedar. And he walked into his house, he was enjoying himself, the blessings of God. The Bible says that God had protected him, all his enemies had been put away, and he was having great peace. So he had time to build this magnificent building for himself, and he was just enjoying the view. And suddenly, his heart smote him and said, oh boy, this is not good. And he said, the, the, the Lord has been living in a tent in the tabernacle and here I'm living in the cedar house so he called the prophet he said Nathan I want to build the Lord a house see I have this cedar house but the Lord doesn't have a place 
And Nathan the prophet, a man, said, Hey, you know, the Lord is with you. Do whatever you want. And God is going to bless it. And Nathan took off. That same night, God gave Nathan, the prophet Nathan, a vision. Second Samuel 7, read the chapter if you want. God gave him a vision. He said, I want you to go back and tell David every bit of this vision. Don't leave anything out. And now the prophet had to reverse himself. Most people won't do it. <laughs> the prophet had to reverse himself because God was saying, David, you're not going to build it. Your son will. Don't do it. But in that message, God said to David, you remember... You know, I brought you from following sheep. That's what you were doing. That was your job. Now I have made you king over my people. Don't forget where I brought you from. I made you king now. You used to follow sheep. Now you are king of the nation of Israel. He said, I brought the children of Israel from Egypt. He said, since I brought them, we've been in the wilderness going from one place to another. And all I have, I had to dwell in is this tent. He said, but I never said anything to anybody to build me a house. I have never done that. Not even to your leaders. I'd never said anything. So you, David, you want to build me a house? And God said to him, now, I am going to bless you. I'm not going to treat you like Saul. Your son is going to take your place as king. But not only that, I am going to establish your kingdom forever. And even if your son Solomon sins against me, I will not take my favor from him like I did Saul. I'll treat him well. I will forgive him. If I punish him, I will only, I will only use men to, to, to spank him a little bit. But I won't treat him like I treated uh, Saul. But your kingdom, your house, will be established forever. You know what God was telling? Jesus Christ will be the king coming out of you. He will be established forever. Your throne will be established forever. David couldn't handle this prophecy. He immediately, he ran and went into the tabernacle and sat before the Lord. We are not told how long he sat before God. I'm sure he was overwhelmed. What happened? He just heard a word, right? How many of us get that excited when we hear a word? Well, that's nice. I'm not sure that's true from the Lord. He may have eaten some bad food last night, you know. And he's just talking. We don't believe those things. We don't believe the word that God had said in the last days. God would pour his spirit out on his people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. We don't believe that. So we hear a prophecy and we say it's nice and then we are waiting. We are not supposed to wait for a prophecy to be fulfilled. You make war with the prophecy. You are not supposed to watch the prophecy or feel good about the prophecy. You are supposed to wage war with the prophecy. That's the mistake I made in the past. I had a word of prophecy here that God was going to put us in the building 2007. I'm not regretting it. It's no big deal. God, I just opened my eyes. It's fine. But 2007 came and went. 
And, and you know, we say, what about that prophecy? He wasn't wrong. He wasn't the man that was wrong. I just didn't know what to do with the prophecy. I didn't know to go to war with that prophecy. I was waiting and watching for the, just for it to, God, you do it. But that's not the way of God. When he gives you a prophecy, he wants you to act on it. Go to war. And that's what David did. David went into the house of God. And in Second Samuel 7 verse 18, he says, Then King David went in and sat before the Lord. He sat before the Lord in amazement. We don't know how long. And then he started to speak to the Lord. He says, Who am I, O Lord God? And what is my house? That you have brought me this far. Moreover, you have spoken about my home for the future. He says, this is not the way things are supposed to happen to ordinary men. I have found favor. You can read further in that scripture. Why have you done this to me? But notice, he never quit. In verse 25, he says, now, O Lord God. After praising him, he says, Now, O Lord God, the word which you have spoken concerning your servant, this, the word you spoke through Nathan, concerning your servant, that's David, and concerning his house, establish it forever and do as you have said. So he went back and told God, You do it. See? That's what we do. We sit and wait for God to do it. We never say a word of prayer to God. We never do battle with the prophecy. We're just waiting for it to happen. Covenant people ought to pray. Jesus spoke a parable. In Luke 18, he said to the end that men ought always to pray and not faint. And then he told of a widow who went to an ungodly judge and said, give me justice. And he said, that judge will not do it, but the lady kept going back. Give me justice against my enemies. And he said, the judge finally said, look, I'm tired of seeing this woman. Let's just do it for her. And he got it done. So she got justice against her enemies. And Jesus said, if an ungodly judge would do that, what about God the Father? He said, I tell you the truth. You know when Jesus said, verily, verily, King James? <laughs> I tell you the truth. He will avenge them speedily. He will give them justice speedily. That's what you do. You take the word when God has given you a prophecy and has spoken over your life and it's not happening. Don't sit there wondering and asking and begging God fulfill. Take it back to God and remind him of what he has spoken. Plead your case based on the prophecy that he has given to you. And that's what David did. He praised the Lord for the word. He thanked him for bringing him. He was amazed. But then he turned around and said, God, now you have said, and you know you don't lie. You always fulfill your word. Now I want you to establish what you have said. Do it. Did did God do it? Yes. Jesus was never called the son of Joseph on the earth, right? He was called what? The son of David. Amen. He was called the son of David. The one who received the prophecy and spoke to God about it. Amen. That's just the way of God. 
You receive a word of prophecy from the word of God, a word of healing, whatever it is. Don't wait for the Lord. Go to the heavenly court. Go to the heavenly court with the word of prophecy. And do battle. And remind God of what he has spoken. You know, Isaiah chapter 43 verse 26. I pray that you just don't hear this word, but act on it. You know, God has spoken a lot of words to me since I started the ministry. Sometimes things have been so rough. I've heard people say things to me that really would discourage you. Very painful words. And, and, but when I'm, when I feel like down, down, I wake up. Usually I wake up maybe four, five o'clock in the morning. I had the words that God has spoken to me in the past. I will, Get that computer up, I click that file, and I'll start reading everything. And many times, some of the things he's told me already come to pass. And then I see some other ones. Some of the things he spoke to me about my wife, they come to pass. And he, God, the Lord told me, I'm going to bring people to you that will give generously to the work. At the time he was speaking to me, I couldn't have anything. In my, I mean, it was hard to feed my kids. That was how bad things were. And God said, I will bring people that will give generously to your work the work that I'm calling you that was the day he was speaking to me about the Ark Fellowship and told me God I will bring people maybe I should show my wife one day <laughs> I keep these things to myself but it's the word of God to me don't go to the file you don't know the name not kidding <laughs> I love her we're together but the Lord spoke to me Sometimes, he's never been one time he speak to me he always go back to my wife I don't know why but that's it we're one he will always end up with Angela but I know that. So any time in the church where I, when I realize I don't like the way the finances of the church is going, guess what? I pull up the file. And I said, Lord, you remember? You said you will bring people that will give generously. You will commend them. And guess what happens? He turns around. I'm telling you the truth. There's Irina here. She'll tell you. He turns around. I'm not looking to any man to give to the Ark Fellowship. So you can get mad, you can leave. That's your business. I'm looking to him. There is no big giver, no small giver. I'm looking to him. If I look to man, they'll fail you. You have to look to him and him alone. But God has always been faithful. We've never lacked at the Ark Fellowship. When it's going down before long, it goes way back up. Because you remind God. And Isaiah 43 verse 26 I believe. God says, put me in remembrance. Isaiah 43 verse 26. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. You're going to contend with God where he said to. Amen. He said you should do it. If you don't do it, you are in disobedience, right? He said, contend. Let us contend together. You and God, put me in remembrance, God says. Let us contain together. State your case. State your case that you may be acquitted, that you may be justified. Take the devil to God's court and say, God, you said this to me. And now look at this crazy man. He is not going to let me have it. And uh, I brought him to court. Here is my lawyer. Are you going to take a lawyer uh, to, to court to help you? And you won't tell the lawyer what's happened? You let the lawyer know everything, right? 
and you stand in court, you're standing there and your lawyer is fighting for you. And this time, Jesus Christ is your lawyer. You've told him everything that's going on. And you've shown him the prophecy. And he's saying, God, you know, you were the one that said this. And everything is sealed with my blood. And then God says, hey, you're justified. Get lost, devil. And you are justified. God gives you what you want. Amen. The accuser is put away. That's the way of God. Look at this scripture here in Jeremiah 29, verse 11 through 13. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. I know. God says I'm not confused about the thoughts that I think towards you. I know exactly what I'm thinking towards you. You want to know what kind of thoughts? Well, well, I'm glad you want to know. I'll show it to you. He says, thoughts of peace and not of evil. When you have evil, peace will not be there. So if you have evil, then that's not God's thought for your life. This is the enemy's work. The enemy is doing it. Take him to the heavenly court and remind God of his more sure word of prophecy. Tell God it cannot be so. Plead your case. State your case. Make it strong. Quote the law and you will be justified. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. The ones that you're thinking, I'm thinking towards you, they're all wrong because you have problems. That's not the way I'm thinking. Change the way you think. God says, I'm not confused about my thoughts. I know they are for peace, for your peace. For you to have peace, not to have troubles. All your kids causing you a lot of trouble. Your finances is going crazy. Your life is not working right. You're living insane and you're wondering, why is my life like this? What can I do? You go to the heavenly court and you begin to plead your case with the Lord. He says to give you a future and a hope. Everyone has a future, right? So why would God be telling me, I want to give you a future? Everyone, everyone has a future. But what God means is to make your future good. Make your future good. To give you hope. So you are not hopeless. No matter what's happening today in your life, there is hope in God. And if you are hopeless, you are forgotten God. If you feel hopeless, you are forgotten God. If you say you have a situation in your life that is hopeless, you got nothing to do, you are forgotten there is God. You are forgotten the more sure word of prophecy. You are forgotten that there is a God and you can get help from Him. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock, the door will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks, receive. Everyone who comes into the throne room is welcome. You'll find peace. You'll find hope. He has a future for your life. All you have to do is change your mind today. Don't look at the circumstances. Just start looking to God and he will do that. Look at what it says. To give you a future. So God is willing to give you a future and a hope. This is the word of prophecy. Now, what do you do with the prophecy? The word of prophecy, now you know God's thoughts are good towards you, not evil. You know he wants to give you a future and a hope. So God then says in verse 13, then you will call upon me. See? Once you know it, you should be calling on God. 
you now know what his will is for your life then you call upon me upon me and go and pray to me see god wants you to pray not just hear the prophecy but go and pray to me not just receiving the word of god go and pray using the word as your weapon for warfare for your victory God says then you will call upon me and go and pray to me after you found out that he has a future for you and I hope and I will listen God said I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart you know what that means search for me basically you're looking why are you searching for God he's not lost right you're searching for him based on the word you've received say God you gotta fulfill it but you don't search for him with half of your heart every part of you you're saying God I gotta have this now let me let you know something when God has shown you a word from the scriptures and it's just like it, it's just lifted from the I've heard that people say that it's like he just lifted up from the pages into my heart it's not just for you to feel goosebumps there is a purpose if God has spoken a word of prophecy into your life that one word of prophecy can change everything in your life believe me yes. God will not reveal something to you by prophecy for you to remain the same that word if you really get a hold of that word and get a hold of God that one word can turn everything around David just got a word and anointing all from Samuel right changed everything changed everything God just gave Joseph a few dreams right changed his destiny they, you know Joseph stayed with those dreams even while he was in slavery, he didn't forget any of, the, any of it. He was there in his head. You meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. He was, he was locked into that, those dreams that God gave to him. And he was faithful to God. You seek me and you find me. God says you will. Seek and you'll find. Knock. The door will be opened until you knock some of you have a great door that God has opened up to you Paul says a great door great door and effective has been opened up to me but there are many adversaries you fight based on the word of prophecy there are some doors that will never open until you've done battle with the word that God is giving to you. Amen. Look at this scripture here. Ezekiel 36 verse 37. Thus said the Lord God. I will also let the house of Israel. I will let the house of Israel inquire of me. To do this for them. See. I will ask the house of Israel to inquire of me to do this for them God said I am going to do this and that I will do that for them but now I will make them ask me so that I can do it for them you see so when you hear a word of prophecy is for to battle with not to sit down and wait for it to be fulfilled you take it to God 
and you begin to ask him, God, you said this to me. You spoke to me through this brother. You spoke to me through this other brother. I also got a word from your word. What's going on? You do battle with it. It says, I will increase their men like a flock. Until they ask, it's never done. So when you go to the Lord, you go after him with all of your heart. First thing that we have to do is to believe the word of prophecy. Whether you're reading it from the scriptures, because it's your Bible, right? If it's your Bible and you're reading the word, it's for you. Second Peter 1, 3. God has given us exceedingly great and precious promises. By these promises, you must you should partake of his divine nature. So you pick those promises, those words that God has given to you, and you go to do battle. But you must first believe them with all of your heart. Because if you don't believe them with all of your heart, you will not search for God with all of your heart. You won't do it. If something comes along the way, you will let go. Because you didn't believe it. So, combining faith and a good conscience, that's how you make good war. Faith, believing, that's what Paul told Timothy, faith and a good conscience. Some have abandoned the question of a good conscience and they made a shipwreck. You know, it's not saying they went to hell. Possibly that's what the case was. I don't know. But basically they didn't make it as believers. The promises of God, the prophecies over their life didn't get fulfilled because they didn't combine it with faith and a good conscience. So a good conscience is very important before God. You have to maintain a good conscience. But the Bible tells us about that. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all, all sin. A lot of believers don't understand the value of fellowship. They can easily, I mean, I know this is a busy society. Eh, so don't get me wrong. I know that we are so busy, sometimes you really cannot. You need your rest. That's fine. My pastor Edison says sometimes the most spiritual thing to do is to go to sleep. I used to think, pastor, you have backslided. <laughs> How could you say that? But I found out that that's the best thing to do. Not to pray, do nothing, just go to sleep. I understand that. But I'm talking about people who are careless with the way they handle faith. You can't be. You see, it's the fellowship with your brother. If we walk in the light, as he, he himself is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and then while we are fellowshipping, the blood of Jesus Christ is all around us, just cleansing us from every sin. So every time God looks, there is nothing there. He's gone. Whether you remember to confess it or not, God says, they all look beautiful to me. I don't know what you're talking about, devil. <laughs> they all look beautiful. And I'm going to bless them. No matter what you say, you're lying. I can't see what you're saying. The blood cleanses. 
So when you take yourself out of fellowship and you are going on alone, staying away, guess what? Before long, you begin to drift. The word of God will not mean much to you anymore. You don't feel like going there anymore. It's a drag to go to church. Somebody has to call you. Something has gone wrong. The prophecies over your life, they are not going to be fulfilled. We need the master. That was First John 1.7. Look at one scripture here, Psalm 109 verse 6. It says, set a wicked man over him and let an accuser stand at his right hand. Remember the word right hand. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. You know what that word accuser means? Literally that word means Satan. Check it. That literally that means Satan standing at your right hand. Psalm 109 verse 6. But notice that Satan also appeared before God, when the sons of God gathered in Job, remember? And then he was bringing things against Job, right? And you remember what happened to Job? Satan always will stand. He's called the accuser of the brethren in Revelation. That's who Satan, accuser means Satan. He is the accuser of the brethren. He is always standing against your progress. When God has said in his word, that he has a future for you. Satan is saying, you have no future because of this and that. You didn't pray enough. You didn't go to church enough. You didn't speak in tongues enough. And you didn't shake the pastor's hand. So you're not going to get anything from God. And you remember what you did last week or last year. And all of these accusations. He is there to prevent you. But when you know the truth, then you take him to the heavenly court. For your justification. You say God. Jesus already paid for all of that. Amen. We have to be bold. We have to be bold. That's why the Bible says. Come boldly into the presence. The, the throne of grace. Come with the blood of Jesus. Why? Say, it's nothing. I got, God has nothing against me. And I got nothing against God. I'm here boldly. I know I'm going to get See, that's what God is. You bring these prophecies to the Lord. I'm going to share a scripture with you in Zechariah chapter 3 verse 1 through 4. It says, Then he showed me Joshua the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. See? See? We already talked about Sarah, the accuser standing at the right hand. Here was saying that Psalm 109 verse 6. Here, Zachariah, I mean, Joshua, the high priest. Joshua, I mean Yeshua, right? The high priest, he was standing in the very presence of God to do ministry. And guess who was standing at his right hand? Satan was standing at his right hand, not just standing, but to oppose him. That's what happens every time. You see, God is just taking back the curtain. So, see, so that you can look into what's happening in the spirit realm that you can see. So every time you go to God and you're looking for something from God or you want to minister to God, here is Satan, he's standing not to help you but to oppose you even before God, while God is sitting right there before you. 
He's standing to oppose you. And look at what happened. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you. Satan, the Lord has chosen Jerusalem. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Now, Jerusalem, that's the church, right? That's us. The Lord who has chosen you. May God rebuke Satan who is coming against your life today in the name of Jesus. Whatever thing the enemy is laying his hands on to make you suffer, to make you bend and hurt, may the Lord rebuke him today in Jesus' name. We say it. And when we say it with our mouth, then the Lord truly rebukes the enemy. The Lord rebuke you, Satan, God said. The Lord who has chosen the church rebukes you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? You know who he's talking about? That's you. Satan had you up in the fire. But this is the one that God saved for himself. The rest of the world don't realize it. If you are not saved, you are in the fire. And Satan is standing to oppose the one that's been plucked from the fire. God said, I rebuke you. Satan, you can't do that. He, the guy you are bringing is one of the brands that are plucked out of the fire. You go do that with the rest of them, but not him. No, not him. The Lord rebuke you, you're doing something wrong. This court says he is acquitted and you got to let go. The Lord rebuke you. Is this not the brand plucked from the fire? He says, now Joshua was clothed in filthy garments. And was standing before the angel, right before God. Do you, think about it. Do you think the guy would go in there if he knew he had filthy garments on? Would he do that before God? He, didn't, he wasn't aware of it. And I'm not sure even if he, were, he was aware that Satan was standing to oppose him. He just thought, high priest, I got to do my job. And he wants for the blessings of the people of Israel. And here was Satan standing to oppose him. And I put some garment on him, filthy garment on him. And he's not even aware of it. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the Lord, before the angel. Then God answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. See, fellowship with God. When you spend time with God, prayer will generate consecration. Prayer is what separates you from the rest of them. Coming into God's presence. As you are there, just praying to the Lord. God is cleansing. God is rebuking the enemy. And taking the filthy garment, garment off your life. Covenant people ought to pray. Otherwise, you will be going around with filthy garments that no one can see. If we walk in the light... As he is in the light. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood cleanses us from all sin. You won't feel that pinch of guilt. When you come into his presence. You come with excitement. With boldness. Knowing 
He says, take away that filthy garment from him. Take away the filthy garments. Notice it's not one garment, filthy garments from him. And to him he said, see, I have removed your iniquity from you. I will clothe you with rich garments. Not just garments, rich garments. That's what happens when we go before the Lord in prayer. And everyone ought to do this. You won't really know who God is till you can separate yourself from everyone else and go to your altar and like Abraham begin to call Yahweh Yahweh oh Jesus Jesus you have to do that you are a covenant person you have to do this it's not, a, it's not like if I don't do it God he will respond to you but you make room for the enemy to always stand against you that's the problem that's the problem you know Isaiah was in the, he was inside the temple he was already a prophet of God and God has spoken things through Isaiah but he was filthy and he didn't even know it he was in the temple what was he doing there everybody was out being, doing their own business I'm sure he went in there to see God he said I saw the Lord in the temple whatever he was doing God opened his eyes and he saw the Lord in the temple his train filled the temple. The angels were crying, Holy, Holy, Holy. And all of a sudden, his eyes were open to himself. He saw he was wearing, even the prophet. Notice we said, the high priest, right? Now, the prophet himself, wearing a filthy garment and didn't even know it. That's why I love that scripture, First John 1, 7. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. How many of us want to be cleansed today? From everything. Everything. You need God in your heart. Every one of us do. If you don't have a need for God in your life, you're dead. You're dead to God. You can't respond to God. You see, God is life. And if you can't respond to life, you're dead. So wake up this morning. Have life from God. And receive forgiveness. Let God cleanse you totally. And then when that is done, maintain a good conscience before God. Don't let anything slide. But even if you're not aware of it, the blood will take care of it. The blood will take care of it. The blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. He'll take care of you because you're special to him. You're seeking him. I mean, he want to seek him. All saints forgive him. Would you stand up with me? Just raise your hands this morning to the Lord, every one of us. Know now what the reason is. For you to have a word of prophecy spoken to you. You need more ammunition to do, so, to do warfare today. Receive a word of prophecy. What's really happening is God is giving you a tool. Because there is really no reason for 
prophesying. Why are you prophesying among believers? What's the use for that? Just to say, well, I'm really spiritual. I prophesy. No. God is using a human element to deliver a powerful weapon to his child so that you can do battle. Let's all, all of us commit ourselves to the Lord truly. If you're not saved, tell Jesus you are receiving him today as your Lord and Savior. Just let him know that today you are convinced you want him as your Lord and Savior. Speak to him. Tell him to come into your heart. He will do that. He said, ask and you will receive. Tell him to come in. Receive him as Lord and Savior. Make a commitment that you will serve him throughout your life. For every day of your life. And if you've been serving him and haven't made that commitment, you need to make that commitment. Say to yourself, I'm not going away from God. I'm committing to God this very day and will continue with my God. Amen. I would like the uh, prayer partners to please come up. And if you're going through something, and you need God to speak a word or pray over you, a word that will enable you do battle. Fight that good fight of faith. I'd like you to come up. And I'm going to encourage our prayer partners, be used of God. Let God speak through you. Please come up, go to one of our prayer partners, and let God speak to your life and go home with that word and say God you spoke to me even though it was a human element it was God that spoke to you please come up now thank you Jesus thank you Lord rest of us let's lift our hands towards the Lord today has God given you a promise has God shown you something for your future today is the day that you thank him say God I thank you go to him and remind him according to his word and tell him you believe him that you know he cannot lie that your future is bright that God is at work in your life God will do it. God will do it. Father, I bless your people in the name of Jesus. I speak blessings over their lives. I speak blessings into their finances. I speak blessings upon their children. I speak blessings upon the parents in the name of Jesus. I speak healing upon them in the name of Jesus. I speak prosperity unto them in Jesus' name. Lord, I speak consecration over their lives in the name of Jesus. I speak inner strength, spiritual strength. In Jesus' name, I come against the spirit of discouragement. In the name of Jesus, I bind the spirit of discouragement. Be gone. I bind depression. Be gone from the people of God. In the name of Jesus, God's people are blessed. They're blessed. Thank you, Father. Thank you for hearing us. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. You bless me. God bless.